0: section 62 of Curiosities of Literature Volume 3 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Curiosities of Literature Volume 3 by Isaac Disraeli Life and Habits of a Literary Antiquary Oldis and his Manuscripts Part two in this variety of literary arrangements which we must consider as single works in a progressive state or as portions of one great work on our modern literary history it may perhaps be justly suspected that oldys in the delight of perpetual acquisition impeded the happier labour of unity of design and completeness of purpose he was not a Tiraboschi, nor even a niceron he was sometimes chilled by neglect and by vanity and vexation of spirit else we should not now have to Count over a barren list of manuscript works, masses of literary history of which the existence is even doubtful. In Kippis's Biographia Britannica, we find frequent references to O. M. Oldys's manuscripts. Mister John Taylor, the son of the friend and executor of oldys has greatly obliged me with all his recollections of this man of letters whose pursuits however were in no manner analogous to his and whom he could only have known in youth by him i learned that on the death of oldys dr kippis editor of the biographia britannica looked over these manuscripts at mr taylor's house he had been directed to this discovery by the late bishop of dromore whose active zeal was very remarkable in every enterprise to enlarge our literary history kippis was one who in some degree might have estimated their literary value but employed by commercial men and negotiating with persons who neither comprehended their nature nor affixed any value to them the editor of the biographia found oldys's manuscripts an easy purchase for his employer the late mr Cadell and the twenty guineas perhaps served to bury their writer mr taylor says the manuscripts of oldys were not so many as might be expected from so indefatigable a writer they consisted chiefly of short extracts from books and minutes of dates and were thought worth purchasing by the doctor i remember the manuscripts well though oldys was not the author but rather recorder such is the statement and the opinion of a writer whose effusions are of a gayer sort but the researches of oldys must not be estimated by this standard with him a single line was the result of many a day of research and a leaf of scattered hints would supply more original knowledge than some octavos fashioned out by the hasty gilders and varnishers of modern literature these discoveries occupy small space to the eye but large works are composed out of them this very lot of Oldys's manuscripts was indeed so considerable in the judgment of Kippus, that he has described them as a large and useful body of biographical materials left by mr Oldys were these the biographical institutes oldys refers to among his manuscripts the late mr malone continues mr taylor told me that he had seen all Oldys's manuscripts so i presume they are in the hands of Cadell and davies have they met with the fate of sucked oranges and how much of malone may we owe to oldys this information enabled me to trace the manuscripts of oldest to dr Kippis, but it cast me among the booksellers who do not value manuscripts which no one can print i discovered by the late mr davies that the direction of that hapless work in our literary history with its whole treasure of manuscripts had been consigned by mr cadell to the late george robinson and that the successor of dr kippis had been the late dr george gregory again i repeat the history of voluminous works is a melancholy office every one concerned with them no longer can be found the esteemed relic of dr gregory with a friendly promptitude gratified my anxious inquiries and informed me that she perfectly recollects a mass of papers such as i describe being returned on the death of dr gregory to the house of wilkie and robinson in the early part of the year eighteen hundred and nine i applied to this house who after some time referred me to mr john robinson the representative of his late father and with whom all the papers of the former partnership were deposited but mr john robinson has terminated my inquiries by his civility in promising to comply with them and his pertinacity in not doing so he may have injured his own interest in not trading with my curiosity footnote i know that not only this lot of Oldys's manuscripts but a great quantity of original contributions of whole lives intended for the biographia britannica must lie together unless they have been destroyed as waste paper these biographical and literary curiosities were often supplied by the families or friends of eminent persons some may perhaps have been reclaimed by their owners i am informed there was among them an interesting collection of the correspondence of locke and i could mention several lives which were prepared it was fortunate for the nation that george vertu's mass of manuscripts escaped the fate of oldis's had the possessor proved as indolent horace walpole would not have been the writer of his most valuable work and we should have lost the anecdotes of painting of which vertu had collected the materials of a life consumed in such literary activity we should have known more had the diaries of oldys escaped destruction one habit of my father's old friend william oldys says mr taylor was that of keeping a diary and recording in it every day all the events that occurred and all his engagements and the employment of his time i have seen piles of these books but know not what became of them the existence of such diaries is confirmed by a sale catalogue of thomas davies the literary bookseller who sold many of the books and some manuscripts of oldys which appear to have been dispersed in various libraries I find lot three thousand six hundred and twenty seven Mr. Oldys's diary containing several observations relating to books, characters, etc, a single volume which appears to have separated from the piles which Mr. Taylor once witnessed the literary diaries of oldys could have exhibited the mode of his pursuits and the results of his discoveries one of these volumes i have fortunately discovered and a singularity in this writer's feelings throws a new interest over such diurnal records oldys was apt to give utterance with his pen to his most secret emotions querulous or indignant his honest simplicity confided to the paper before him such extemporaneous soliloquies and i found him hiding in the very corners of his manuscripts his secret sorrows a few of these slight memorials of his feelings will exhibit a sort of silhouette likeness traced by his own hand when at times the pensive man seems to have contemplated his own shadow oldys would throw down in verses whose humility or quaintness indicates their origin or by some pithy adage or apt quotation or recording anecdote his self-advice or his self-regrets oppressed by a sense of task so unprofitable to himself while his days were often passed in trouble and in prison he breathes a self-reproach in one of these profound reflections of melancholy which so often startle the man of study who truly discovers that life is too limited to acquire real knowledge with the ambition of dispensing it to the world i say who too long in these cobwebs lurks is always wetting tools but never works in one of the corners of his note-books i find this curious but sad reflection alas this is but the apron of a fig-leaf but the curtain of a f- cobweb sometimes he seems to have anticipated the fate of that obscure diligence which was pursuing discoveries reserved for others to use he heapeth up riches and knoweth not who shall gather them fond treasurer of these stores behold thy fate in psalm the thirty-ninth six seven and eight sometimes he checks the eager ardour of his pen and reminds himself of its repose in latin italian and english non we sed sipe cadendo a si presto si fa quelce si fa bene some respite best recovers what we need discreetly baiting gives the journey speed there was a thoughtless kindness in honest oldys and his simplicity of character as i have observed was practised on by the artful or the ungenerous we regret to find the following entry concerning the famous collector james west i gave above three score letters of dr davenant to his son who was envoy at frankfort in seventeen hundred and three to seventeen hundred and eight to mr james west footnote this collection and probably the other letters have come down to us no doubt with the manuscripts of this collector purchased for the british museum the correspondence of dr davenant the political writer with his son the envoy turns on one perpetual topic his son's and his own advancement in the state End of with one hundred and fifty more about christmas seventeen forty six but the same fate they found as grain that is sown in barren ground such is the plaintive record by which oldys relieved himself of a groan we may smile at the simplicity of the following narrative where poor oldys received manuscripts in lieu of money old Counsellor fane of colchester who in forma deceived me of a good sum of money which he owed me and not long after set up his chariot gave me a parcel of manuscripts and promised me others which he never gave me nor anything else besides a barrel of oysters and a manuscript copy of randolph's poems an original as he said with many additions being devolved to him as the author's relation there was no end to his aids and contributions to every author or bookseller who applied to him yet he had reason to complain of both while they were using his invaluable but not valued knowledge here is one of these diurnal entries i lent the tragical lives and deaths of the famous pirates ward and danziker quarto london sixteen twelve by robert dayborn alias dayborn to mr t ledyard whom when he was writing his naval history and he never returned it see Howe's letters of them in another when his friend t hayward was collecting for his british muse the most exquisite commonplaces of our old english dramatists a compilation which must not be confounded with ordinary ones Oldest not only assisted in the labour but drew up a curious introduction with a knowledge and love of the subject which none but himself possessed but so little were these researches then understood that we find Oldest in a moment of vexatious recollection and in a corner of one of the margins of his langbaine accidentally preserving an extraordinary circumstance attending this curious dissertation oldys having completed this elaborate introduction the penurious publisher insisted on leaving out one-third part which happened to be the best matter in it because he would have it contracted into one sheet poor oldys never could forget the fate of this elaborate dissertation on all the collections of english poetry i am confident that i have seen some volume which was formerly oldys's and afterwards thomas wharton's in the possession of my intelligent friend mr douce in the fly-leaf of which oldys has expressed himself in these words in my historical and critical review of all the collections of this kind it would have made a sheet and a half or two sheets but they for sordid gain and to save a little expense in print and paper got mr john campbell to cross it and cramp it and play the devil with it till they squeezed it into less compass than a sheet this is a loss which we may never recover the curious book-knowledge of this singular man of letters those stores of which he was the fond treasurer as he says with such tenderness for his pursuits were always ready to be cast into the forms of a dissertation or an introduction and when morgan published his collection of rare tracts the friendly hand of oldys furnished a dissertation upon pamphlets in a letter to a nobleman probably the earl of oxford a great literary curiosity and in the Harleian collection he has given a catalogue raisonne of six hundred when mrs cooper attempted the muse's library the first essay which influenced the national taste to return to our deserted poets in our most poetical age it was oldis who only could have enabled this lady to perform that task so well Footnote it is a stout octavo volume of four hundred pages containing a good selection of specimens from the earliest era concluding with samuel daniel in the reign of james i mrs elizabeth cooper was the wife of an auctioneer who had been a chum of oldys's in the fleet prison where he died a debtor and it was to aid his widow that oldys edited this book end of footnote. when Curl, the publisher to help out one of his hasty compilations a history of the stage repaired like all the world to oldys whose kindness could not resist the importunity of this busy publisher he gave him a life of nell gwynne while at the same moment could not avoid noticing in one of his usual entries an intended work on the stage which we seem never to have had dick Leveridge's history of the stage and actors in his own time for these forty or fifty years past as he told me he had composed is likely to prove whenever it shall appear a more perfect work i might proceed with many similar gratuitous contributions with which he assisted his contemporaries oldest should have been constituted the reader of the nation his compte rendu of books and manuscripts are still held precious but his useful and curious talent had sought the public patronage in vain from one of his diaries which has escaped destruction i transcribe some interesting passages ad Werbum. the reader is here presented with a minute picture of those invisible occupations which pass in the study of a man of letters there are those who may be surprised as well as amused in discovering how all the business even to the very disappointments and pleasures of active life can be transferred to the silent chamber of a recluse student but there are others who will not read without emotion the secret thoughts of him who loving literature with its purest passion scarcely repines at being defrauded of his just fame and leaves his stores for the after age of his more gifted heirs thus we open one of Oldest's literary days i was informed that day by mr thomas odell's daughter that her father who was deputy inspector and licensor of the plays died twenty four may seventeen forty nine at his house in chapel street westminster aged fifty-eight years he was writing a history of the characters he had observed and conferences he had had with many eminent persons he knew in his time he was a great observator of everything curious in the conversations of his acquaintance and his own conversation was the living chronicle of the remarkable intrigues adventures sayings stories writings etc., of many of the quality poets and other authors players booksellers etc who flourished especially in the present century he had been a popular man at elections and some time master of the playhouse in goodman's fields but latterly was forced to live reserved and retired by reason of his debts he published two or three dramatic pieces one was the patron on the story of lord romney cue of his day to restore me eustace Budgel's papers and to get a sight of her father's have got the one and seen the other july thirty one was at mrs odell's she returned me mr budgel's papers saw some of her husband's papers mostly poems in favour of the ministry and against mr pope one of them printed by the late sir robert walpole's encouragement who gave him ten guineas for writing and as much for the expense of printing it but through his advice it was never published because it might hurt his interest with lord chesterfield and some other noblemen who favoured mr pope for his fine genius the tract i liked best of his writings was the history of his playhouse in goodman's fields remember that which was published against that playhouse which i have entered in my london catalogue letter to sir richard Brocas, lord mayor etc octavo seventeen thirty saw something of the history of his conversations with ingenious men his characters tales jests and intrigues of them of which no man was better furnished with them she thinks she has some papers of these and promises to look them out and also to inquire after mr griffin of the lord chamberlain's office that i may get a search made about spencer so intent was oldest on these literary researches that we see by the last words of this entry how in hunting after one sort of game his undivided zeal kept his eye on another one of his favourite subjects was the realising of original discoveries respecting spenser and shakespeare of whom perhaps to our shame as it is to our vexation it may be said that two of our master poets are those of whom we know the least oldys once flattered himself that he should be able to have given the world a life of shakespeare mr john taylor informs me that oldys had contracted to supply ten years of the life of shakespeare unknown to the biographers with one walker a bookseller in the strand and as oldys did not live to fulfil the engagement my father was obliged to return to walker twenty guineas which he had advanced on the work that interesting narrative is now hopeless for us yet by the solemn contract into which Oldest had entered and from his strict integrity it might induce one to suspect that he had made positive discoveries which are now irrecoverable we may observe the manner of his anxious inquiries about Spencer. ask sir peter thompson if it were improper to try if lord effingham howard would procure the pedigrees in the herald's office to be seen for edmund Spencer's parentage or family or how he was related to sir john Spencer of althorpe in northamptonshire to three of whose daughters who all married nobility spenser dedicates three of his poems of mr vertu to examine stowe's memorandum book look more carefully for the year when spenser's monument was raised or between which years the entry stands sixteen twenty three and sixteen twenty six sir clement Cottrell's book about spencer captain power to know if he has heard from captain spencer about my letter of inquiries relating to edmund spencer of whiston to examine if my remarks on spencer are complete as to the press yes remember when i see mr w thompson to inquire whether he has printed in any of his works any other character of our old poets than those of spencer and shakespeare william thompson the poet of sickness and other poems a warm lover of our elder bards and no vulgar imitator of Spenser, he was the reviver of bishop hall's satires in seventeen fifty three by an edition which had been more fortunate if conducted by his friend oldys for the text is unfaithful though the edition followed was one borrowed from lord oxford's library probably by the aid of oldys and to get the liberty of a visit at kentishtown to see his collection of robert green's works in about four large volumes quarto he commonly published a pamphlet every term as his acquaintance tom nash informs us two or three other memorials may excite a smile at his peculiar habits of study and unceasing vigilance to draw from original sources of information dryden's dream at lord exeter's at burleigh while he was translating virgil as signor Verio, then painting there related it to the yorkshire painter of whom i had it lies in the parchment book in quarto designed for his life at a subsequent period oldest inserts now entered therein Malone quotes this very memorandum which he discovered in oldys's Langbane to show dryden had some confidence in oneiro criticism and supposed that future events were sometimes prognosticated by dreams malone adds where either the loose prophetic leaf or the parchment book now is i know not unquestionably we have incurred a great loss in oldys's collections for dryden's life which are very extensive such a mass of literary history cannot have perished unless by accident and i suspect that many of oldys's manuscripts are in the possession of individuals who are not acquainted with his handwriting which may be easily verified to search the old papers in one of my large deal boxes for dryden's letters of thanks to my father for some communication relating to plutarch while they and others were publishing a translation of plutarch's lives in five volumes octavo sixteen eighty three it is copied in the yellow book for dryden's life in which there are about one hundred and fifty transcriptions in prose and verse relating to the life character and writings of dryden is england's remembrancer extracted out of my obit obituary into my remarks on him in the poetical bag my extracts in the parchment budget about denham's seat and family in surrey my white vellum pocket-book bordered with gold for the extract from groans of great britain about butler see my account of the great ewes in tankersley's park while sir r fanshawe was prisoner in the lodge there especially talbot's you which a man on horseback might turn about in in my botanical budget this donald lupton i have mentioned in my catalogue of all the books and pamphlets relative to london in folio begun anno seventeen forty and in which i have now seventeen forty entered between three hundred and four hundred articles besides remarks etc now in june seventeen forty eight between four hundred and five hundred articles now in october seventeen fifty six hundred and thirty six footnote this is one of oldys's manuscripts a thick folio of titles which has been made to do its duty with small thanks from those who did not care to praise the service which they derived from it it passed from dr barkenhout to george Stevens, who lent it to gough it was sold for five guineas the useful work of ten years of attention given to it the antiquary golf alludes to it with his usual discernment among these titles of books and pamphlets about london are many purely historical and many of too low a kind to rank under the head of topography and history thus the design of oldys in forming this elaborate collection is condemned by trying it by the limited object of the topographer's view this catalogue remains a desideratum were it printed entire as collected by oldys not merely for the topography of the metropolis but for its relation to its manners domestic annals events and persons connected with its history end of section sixty two end of curiosities of literature volume three by Isaac Disraeli.